broadcasting around the entire world. From Austin, Texas. Via Simplecast. And supported by listeners like you. Bitcoin billions seller trading mining markets are sharing forks millions fights wise. Keeping you up to date on everything crypto. Welcome to Thriller News. Now here is your host, Carl Gonzalez. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller News. Today is February 24, 2019. My name's Carr, Carr Gonzalez, and we have like a lot of exciting news. A lot of exciting Ethereum news as well. And the market was up. Dropped 15 billy this morning. I know. <laughs> Could be a little tough, but it's okay. Let's jump into the crypto top stories. Crypto top stories. All right. So today's biggest crypto top story is Casper Labs is building a proof of stake blockchain with help from Ethereum's Vlad Samir. So a new startup called Casper Labs has launched with the aim of building a new blockchain based on the version of proof of stake, the experimental consensus protocol most associated with Ethereum. And of course, Ethereum Foundation researcher Vlad Samir will serve as lead consensus protocol architect of the company. Casper Lab plans to sponsor much of Zamir's research on proof of stake so as to deploy a fully decentralized, sharded, and scalable next generation blockchain. Zamir further told Coindesk that he would be tasked with producing protocol specifications in his new role that would support the Casper Labs team in understanding the eventual technology created. Zamir will not be coding the blockchain itself and will be helping strictly as a researcher. One of a wide array of cryptocurrency consensus models designed to validate transactions without relying on proof-of-work mining, Proof-of-Stake has arguably yet to see significant large-scale testing. Within Proof-of-Stake, there are even competing designs for how to implement the idea, but the one designed by Zamir in the early days of Ethereum is called Casper Correct by Construction, or CBC. Zamir also spoke during the event in New York on Friday about the launch of the startup alongside CEO Casper Labs' Meta Parkley and lead developer Michael Burke. While he did not address his involvement in the project directly, Zamir spoke heavily about his research on the process of sharding, that is breaking up a distributed system into multiple different parts, in the context of a Casper CBC framework. Of course, we know that CBC was developed in parallel with Casper the Friendly Finality Gadget, which was created by founder of Ethereum Vitalik Buterin and researcher Virgil Griffith. The two distinct proof-of-stake models draw heavily on much of the same pioneering research to do with validator reward staking and slashing conditions. While both Casper CBC and FFG were discussed within the contents of the roadmap for the Ethereum blockchain, the broader community deemed Casper CBC a less production-ready version of proof-of-stake back in 2017 that could stand to wait until Casper FFG is fully implemented on Ethereum. Now, as development for Casper FFG continues on the Ethereum blockchain, Samir will also be extending his research on Casper CBC, providing key analysis and review on various aspects of the CBC model, including economics, modalities, key parameters for configuration, and more. He also said that he's excited that Casper Labs has taken an interest in implementing a scalable blockchain protocol 
from the CBC Casper family of protocols and hope that their efforts are both independently successful and put pressure on other projects like Ethereum to adopt the technology. Casper Labs is fully funded by parent company Adaptive Holdings. And take a listen as Vlad talks about Casper CBC just to kind of get an idea of how intricate and exceptional this really is. Sweet. So the nice thing about all the correct by construction protocols is that they all satisfy the same safety proof and that the safety proof is really kind of simple. I have, um, I, can, I can show you the basic shape of the safety proof. Um, we have, basically we're gonna consider this, this kind of structure where we have um, uh, objects called protocol states and morphisms between them called protocol state transitions. And you know, if, you, if there's a transition from one object to another, then there's also gonna be a transition from if there's a transition from one to the other, to, to a, from that one to a third, then there's also going to be a transition from the first to the third. So basically I'm saying, oh look, there's a category of state, trans state protocol states and protocol state transitions. And then there's going to be a map from protocol states to um, statements about the consensus called the estimator. So there's this thing called the estimator that, that maps these pro protocol states, which I'm going to denote like this, to propositions, propositions about, oops, propositions about the state of the consensus. So this would be something like, oh, the consensus is zero, the consensus is one, oh, the block at this height has this hash, the block at this height has that hash. So um, kind of a proposition about the consensus, about the value of the consensus. So you can think of it as straight up, oh, here's the value, or also as something a little weaker, like, oh, the value has this property. Um, so, the, so, the, so the estimator is this kind of theoretical kind of map that maps protocol states to propositions about the consensus. So um, this is like where the, this is like the fork choice rule, for example, which maps uh, sets of blocks to uh, a single blockchain, which is kind of like the value of the consensus that you that you kind of are guessing. So this represents basically guesses for the values of the consensus that a node would make on any given protocol state. Uh, and then basically, uh, at, at, it, basically we have this definition of safety, basically that some proposition is safe at some protocol state, kind of if and only if, um, for basically for any protocol state that you can evolve to, that property also holds for that state. So basically, um, if we have the property hold for every protocol state in the future, um, then that's somehow called safe. So a, a value of the estimator or something that the, esti the estimator kind of implies is safe if for any future protocol state that, that value holds. So if this, block, if this block has this hash, if the block at height 10 has this hash at this protocol state and at all future protocol states, then we call that block safe. Or this, this, we call the proposition, oh, this block at this high has this hash safe. Um, and then basically, um, you know, by the way, also, the every, there's, a pro, there's a state transition from every state to itself. So that's why I didn't say that this thing also satisfies it. Because, well, if all future states satisfy it, and every, for every protocol stage is a future state of itself, then, then I then kind of get it for free. Okay, so now we got kind of are going to get to the safety proof, the kind of key part. 
yeah, Vlad is just on another level <laughs> when, it, when it comes to this. Um, you know, there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of talks with him talking about Casper CBC. And of course, you know, just kind of like the, the basic kind of plain, you know, you know, just listener language that I can best explain it to because this is even over my head. Um, but the whole point is to show that there's proof with this case where non-safety can be determined. So he's talking about how the values are not safe to determine which ones are safe. And we determine that future state is not safe if it includes two contradictory propositions from two different current states. I know it sounds completely <laughs> crazy, but uh, trust me, like this is all in an effort so that the nodes can guarantee a common protocol future as long as there are less than some number of Byzantine faults. And like I said, there's a lot of information out there on the web that you can even learn more of this stuff and it's really fascinating. But with that, let's get into crypto rapid fire. Crypto rapid fire, just in case you missed it. So first up, Lichtenstein-based bank Frick is launching an institutional cryptocurrency trading subsidiary called DLT Markets. According to the bank's announcement, DLT Markets will provide institutional investors with fully regulated, secure, multi-exchange access to the digital token assets class. Eddie Roger, CEO of Banfric, declared, with our spinoff, we are offering institutional clients a unique combination of fintech company and a bank regulated by the EU. Roger Russo, who previously worked in business development at Banfric, has been appointed as a CEO of the new subsidiary. And according to press release, the bank's former blockchain project developer and co-founder of cloud-based accounting company, Sticks Change, will be responsible for business development at DLT Markets. Awesome. Next up, we have University of Michigan considers further investment in a 16Z crypto fund. According to a board of regents meeting agenda published on Tuesday, University previously committed $3 million to Horowitz's $300 million A16Z crypto fund in June 2018 and is now looking at following up investments. However, they did not disclose an exact amount. According to a recent press release, they added that as opportunities related to crypto networks transition from being undefined to becoming more visible and sharply defined, the need for separate thematic fund may recede. And of course, we know Andreessen Horowitz launched a 16Z crypto last year to focus on investing in cryptocurrency related technologies and companies at different stages as well. The fund also reportedly attracted participation from Yale University and as we know now, Michigan's endowment value climbed to about $12 billion last October, as its chief investment officer, Eric Lundberg, said at the time that the performance was sufficient to sustain and grow the endowment in real terms net of spending. Wow. Next up, we have Stanford researchers propose cost-effective privacy protocol for Ethereum. So researchers at the prestigious Stanford University and Visa Research have created a new privacy feature for Ethereum-based smart contracts. On February 20th, Stanford University's Applied Cryptography Group published a research paper that explains how the newly developed privacy protocols for Ethereum-based smart contracts can be integrated on the cryptocurrency's blockchain. As mentioned in the Stanford's research document, the team at Visa Research and the private university have developed a protocol called Zether, which is fully decentralized confidential payment mechanism. They explained 
We take an account-based approach similar to Ethereum for efficiency and usability. We design a new smart contract that keeps the account balances encrypted and exposes methods to deposit, transfer, and withdraw funds to and from accounts through cryptographic proofs. Additionally, the research paper authors describe techniques to protect Zether against replay attacks and front-running situations. Zether has also reportedly been designed to allow for interoperability between multiple smart contracts. All right, in our last piece of news, Ohio eyes potential blockchain benefits in real estate transactions. That's right, a group of county auditors in the United State of Ohio has launched a study of the benefits blockchain tech might bring to property transactions. The County Auditors Association of Ohio announced Wednesday that it has formed a working group to determine how blockchain tech can be implemented at the county level to more effectively transfer real estate deeds between parties. The technical partner for the project is SafeChain, an Ohio-based startup that puts real estate transactions and land titles on a blockchain. The firm has been tasked with reviewing and demonstrating the ongoing current projects in the state to the county auditors group. And according to SafeChain's website, using blockchain can speed up property transactions, which can frustratingly slow for buyers and sellers and offers more security by verifying the involved parties identities, and bank accounts. The CAAO consists of total 13 county auditors from across Ohio and is chaired by Matt Nolan, an auditor of Warren County, George Katzia, auditor of Delaware County, and Matthew Livingood, auditor-elect of Washington County, are also part of the group. The CAAO president and Stark County auditor Alan Harold said in a statement, the goal of this working group is to consider how county auditors can be forward-thinking to improve the taxpayer experience in conveying and transferring rural property. And that's all we have for Crypto Rapid Fire today. And that is all your news as well. Let's go ahead and jump into Crypto YouTube. Crypto YouTube, the world of Crypto YouTube, the world of Crypto YouTube, the world of Crypto YouTube. All right, so this video has been making the rounds on YouTube, and it's very interesting because this is from Coindesk. That's right, they've been on a tear recently doing video, um, I guess, magazine-style interviews, uh, 60 Minutes-ish. I don't know. It sounds great. It looks good. Everything's great. And this one's pretty funny because, well, not funny. It's kind of sad. Well, I don't know. It's a little bit of everything. You take a listen. It's about 8,000... Bitcoin transaction to buy a Prius. I know, sounds strange. The first car exchange for Bitcoin was this Toyota Prius, purchased for a thousand Bitcoin in 2013 by this man, Michael Tizzoni. We caught up with him in Miami to talk about his ride, his regrets, and what he's learned. So I found out about Bitcoin on May 16th of 2011. By June, I moved all my savings, which at the time was only about 3,000 into Bitcoin. Back then, I was already believed wholeheartedly that Bitcoin will be the thing to replace all money. So when I was actually buying a car, I found a seller who lived down here in Florida. Uh, we met together, just went to meet in the bank uh, someplace in downtown D.C. Uh, signed over the documents. I sent him a thousand Bitcoin. Uh, no, documents were notarized, and then I just took him to the MBA, and that was it. I did kind of rice out my Prius. Uh, I put in the uh, fog lights, which it didn't have. I put in Japanese lighted mirrors. I painted the uh, uh, 
hubcaps black and it's all super tinted there's a cb radio because i actually use this thing to drive to different conferences like from dc to here dc to chicago so that's what this cb radio is i still live off of bitcoin i've been i switched entirely to bitcoin back in 2013 so um <clears throat> i'm still spending bitcoin because i have no choice of all my money is in bitcoin but uh, I don't waste it and I don't invest in things that I don't understand very well and I did not that I don't know for a fact will return me money so so it's a good lesson whenever I think of investing in something or trying to guess the market I kind of remember that experience of buying the Prius I basically learned my lesson with regards to investing invest in what you know don't do any crazy shoot for the moon type of stuff because uh, you know bitcoin has crazy returns but it actually has a very stable foundation as to why it has good returns other things like nah so yeah this uh buying a 1000 bitcoin prius has been a very good lesson about uh being careful with your investments so does he regret the purchase not exactly I mean, I was kind of thinking of even like painting this thing uh, to look like that color or maybe a little bit more yellow, putting a giant black spoiler in the back, uh, making a butterfly doors and like slapping Lamborghini stickers on front and back because, I mean, shape maybe would pass, but I mean, partly as a joke, but uh, like, do I regret the decision of selling? Uh, it's been a really good car. Uh, and also, if you remember, I borrowed that money at $10. So what happened was that I borrowed the money, uh, I put it in Bitcoin, the money went from $10 to $22. I bought a car and I paid off my loan. So within about three months, basically, I got a free car out of it. See, it all worked out. He uh, got a free car out of it. It happened to be a Prius, but it cost him a thousand Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> Anyways, let's go ahead and jump into crypto Twitter. That was a great story. Crypto Twitter. So this was hitting Coinbase uh, CEO Brian Armstrong. And we all know everybody loves to speculate. I love to speculate. Everybody in this space loves to speculate. I feel like the only people that aren't speculating are developers. <laughs> but uh, this was interesting because this came straight from Brian Armstrong and he was speculating about the Quadriga CX exchange loss. And he went on Twitter to do a whole thing. And it was a whole take on exactly what he found uh, in regards to the internal research that they did after a whole blockchain analysis uh, that they looked at when identifying clusters. So let's take a look at what he said. He said, wanted to share a summary of what we believe happened to Quadriga CX. We did our own internal research, including some blockchain analytics to see if we could help. Important to note that this is just our best guess. Take it as pure speculation, nothing more. He said, we identified clusters that look like QCX's cold storage was controlled by a human and balances were moved out by early 2018. QCX was one of the oldest exchanges in existence, founded in 2013. If they planned an exit exam, it likely would have been timed better. He said they suffered a multi-million dollar bug in 20, June 2017 before things went vertical. This is according to a Reddit document. And this is when we start to see a movement of funds to cold storages. He also said that patterns of sends from cold storage suggest they tried keeping exchange afloat and maybe attempted to trade their way out of a hole. Again, just a guess here. 
He stated liquidity dried out and bear market of 2018 may have caught up with them. And a sequence of events suggests that was a mismanagement with later attempt to cover for it. This implies that at least a few people inside Quadriga knew that they were running fractional. If so, then it's possible that untimely death of their CEO was used as an outlet to let the company sink. He also said that Gerald Cotton reportedly died in early December 2018, but complaints about the withdrawal issues on Quadriga escalated in mid-2018. So maybe after about a month of debate, December to January, management decided to cut losses and release a statement claiming that access to money was lost with CEO's death. And he also said, while this story isn't perfect, it does seem plausible. I do want to emphasize that these are our best guesses based on the available data. As the case unfolds, we might find out we were incorrect. Wow, that's a big news coming from another CEO of a cryptocurrency exchange. And um, yeah, kind of surprised that they went there, but um, kind of not. <laughs> I mean, this bear market has got the best of us, but if what he says is true and what is going on, well, gosh, hopefully it's over soon. With that, let's get into Coin360. <music> So Bitcoin drops sharply to below 3,900 today, and the total market cap sheds 15 billion. And the top 20 cryptocurrencies report sharp losses as well, too. And that is all happening today on Sunday. So we know that yesterday, the 4150 mark again was broken. But according to this time right now, it's currently at 3806, about 10% down from its midday high of 4210. According to coin market cap data, if we look at its weekly chart, the current price is just under 5% higher than 36.32, the price at which Bitcoin started the week. Our biggest winners today are SafeCoin up 17% at $1.84, Ontology up 11% at $1.04, Komodo up 2.76% at $0.98, cents. True USD stable at $1, and Odom up 0.83% at 19 cents. Our biggest losers today are Veridia Sim coin down 15%, Aurora coin down 14%, IOST coin down 13%, Mixin down 13%, Quaint down 12% as well. And of course, our coin market cap total right now is at 128 billion, still a lot better than we were two weeks ago. With that, let's get on to the end of the show.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's another Thriller News Dunsies. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Also want to mention that this week we have on Clarissa Clareboom and Deep Blitz from BYO Bitcoin. And also some interesting news coming up for South By. Check that out. It's going to drop tomorrow. And then we also have an interview as well, too, coming up later today if you're listening on Sunday. If not, look for it on the feed. All things are looking great for Bitcoin. Buy it and save the entire world. See you tomorrow. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Killer Podcast with Par Gonzalez. Remember, Killer Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Car said likely won't come true. It is up to you. Now go, do your own research, listen to other dudes that start their name with crypto, and not car. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the world, one Satoshi at a time.